On this episode, we discuss the king's daughter. Does this princess become a bride? We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mine was also princess bride related. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, evil Dan McCoy's here. I guess a good steward is going to say, hi, it's me, Stuart Wellington. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually Wa-Dan, the evil version of Dan. (laughs) Oh, no. What's his color? What's the color of his outfit? Beige. Beige. Okay, what's good Dan's outfit? Beige. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) They share clothes because they're the same size. And I'm Elliot Kalen. Hey, what's different about this episode, everybody? Uh... Uh, it's about the king's daughter. No, we're in the same room, <laughs> dummy. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> I think I had to call me dummy. Sorry, I mean, come I'm, on. I'm talking to Wadan, the evil Dan there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all in the same room. Elliot is in town due to, to personal business. Yeah. I, was, I was officiating a wedding. It's not, it's, it's not, I, wasn't, I wasn't tracking down uh, my target. Mm. So you can probably take him out for the contract that the, that the Medi- Medellin uh, cartel has put yeah. on. You know. Yeah, so you know, he, made, uh, he made the time. He made the time to come over to my apartment where now I have two cats for him to sneeze at. And I'm looking at a clock in the shape of a cat, and there's like drawings of pillows of cats around. It's true. Uh-huh. This is a very cat-centered uh, decoration scheme mm. in this immediate area. Uh, that's yeah. that's mainly to put Elliot on his back feet mm-hmm. so he uh, can't take control of the podcast like he usually does. Now, this is a podcast <laughs> where we talk about movies in Topeka, Kansas. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Thanks um, for covering both. Uh, will we talk about both? Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, yeah. I'm Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse. Joining me today is... <laughs> Wait, we did this part. Uh, <laughs> we're so unused to being in the same spot. spot. It's like, <laughs> they call him Dan Bitblocker McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> My doctor prescribed some bit blockers. <laughs> That's good because your arteries get full of bits. Yeah. yeah. It's called comedy heart. You just got loose bits floating around <laughs> inside there. Um, I, yeah, yeah. We talk about uh, movies, movies that have gotten critical or commercial drubbing, in this case, both. Uh, yeah, this was uh, this showed up on a lot of worst of the year lists, this one. Yeah. The King's Daughter. Which year was that? Uh, last. Was it? Well, it's, a, know, it's, it's a good okay. question because it's a movie that was supposed to have been released years ago, yeah. and it's been in development for roughly twenty some odd years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some reason, it, it shows. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it managed to to, uh, gr- to to climb its way out of the grave Dear and onto America's <laughs> movie screens, yeah. uh, all due to the amazing superpower of Chinese financing. This is this movie has the most Chinese money in it of any movie made outside of China. Really? That's that, what I read. That or at least odd. any studio movie made outside because of Because I'm sure we'll get into it, but the um, the uh, mermaid is played by a Chinese actress. It's Fan Bing Gang. Yeah. But they they westernize her features through the CGI, which is very strange on obviously many levels. Well, it feels like it. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are off about this movie uh, to the point that she appears to be an entirely CGI character, right? Well, yeah. I think it is a CGI. I think it is a CGI oh, okay. character that that. So what, I think they. What is I think she, they Robert Zemeckis did. What's her? Mm. Oh, so it's like a like like green screen. I think like it's she a wears mo- a mocap. Yeah, suit? it's mocap okay. as opposed to Larry cap or curly cap, mm-hmm. which are 
the brothers of mocap. Well, Larry was not a brother of Mo. But or Curly snowcaps, was. which are nonpareils. They're <laughs> crunchy little chocolates. <laughs> or or Andy Cap, who's just a misunderstood hot fries uh, peddler. You yeah. think he'd have misunderstood? You think, you think he and he and his pet would live in a nicer apartment since he has that hot fries <laughs> millions behind him? Yeah, he just spends it all at the bar. Yeah. Oh, that's why no wonder she's hitting Man, with that. With to that have solid a customer like Andy Cap. Oh, every bar owner's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> you put my kids through college. <laughs> <laughs> and all you have to do is roll them home at the end of the night. So uh, this movie, no, this movie felt very much like it is a uh, it is a Chinese producer attempt to break into the Western market mm. with something that uh, is kind of like if the Princess Bride was bad. That's yeah, kind of what they're well, going for. Uh, <laughs> and they took most of the jokes out. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't really have yes, jokes. There's no jokes. Uh, there's a sense of uh, the characters not being interesting or uh, mm. or hanging together. But we'll get into it. And it's but you expect more because it was directed by Dan. Uh, Sean McNamara, who we we know, of course, from Bratz, the movie Bratz. He directed Bratz. About wow. Bratz. Long time Flophouse <laughs> favorite. He, of course, he also is most famous for The Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, uh, starring Terry Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he did some cats but and he, dogs. He, drops, he drops a banger like Bratz, and then, like, he could just retire at that point. Coast mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on that Bratz money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, this movie, I, it's weird to say this, but it shows none of the snap and vigor of Bratz. <laughs> I mean, say what you will about Bratz, a movie that, like, I've come around to thinking, like, not only is kind of a good, bad movie, but might actually be kind of fun. Uh, it do, it moves quickly. And this movie is barely yeah, over 90 like minutes. Two years and, and like- it is slow as molasses. Yeah, they, they, there's one cut that is covers two years of time, not yeah. since 2001, A Space Odyssey, covered <laughs> millions of years of human evolution mm-hmm. in one cut. Uh, and so this movie, it's based on the novel The Moon and the Sun, yeah. which uh, actually— Vague title. —won the Nebula Award. It actually, <laughs> Asks questions. Does the book answer? We'll find out. It won the Nebula Award for Best Novel in 1998, beating out a book uh, called A Game of Thrones. Apparently wow. not as good as the book that this movie is based on. So uh-huh. how do you feel about that, Stuart? Uh, wait <laughs> wait a minute. It, it beat out uh, A Game of Thrones. Huh? For the Nebula for Best Novel, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I mean— Let's see. And then the adaptation was better also. Doesn't sound like there's any wildlings in this book. (laughs) (laughs) I read, you know, I I read about the book. The book seems substantially different. Yes, very different. Usually the case in, in such things. I'm willing to bet that the book is much better than the movie. Mm-hmm. What, what happens I mean, in the movie? It have to be. <laughs> let's, well, not necessarily, <laughs> but it probably is. Uh, let's go. Let's jump into the movie, shall we, fellows? Yes. So the movie begins with on-screen text telling us that it's the year 1684 and King Louis XIV of France wants to live forever, so he sent an expedition to find Atlantis and the secret of immortality. Cut to a big book that says the king's daughter <laughs> and a voiceover from, I think, Julie Andrews that yeah, tells us the Julie exact Andrews. same information. <laughs> Well, this uh, this Julie Andrews narration is one of the things that got added uh, later in the process from my <laughs> research. I think like this movie actually like passed from like one production company to another. Yeah, and I think that yeah. it was at one at one point it was going to be a Jim Henson production, not Jim Henson the person, but Jim yeah. Henson production. Well, that was like company. the yeah. earliest. But, yeah, but, it was going to be a, a DreamWorks movie at one point, I think, or a Disney movie. Yeah. So yeah, as I approach the judges' table, I say, okay, so I present here a duo of exposition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exposition two ways. Two ways, and 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 the and the judges they're like, you're not giving us anything new with these two ways. You can't. It's just. It's just Fried fish and baked fish, but they taste the same. <laughs> it yeah. was also like, I, like literally, I don't think since the sort of you know uh, classic period of Disney animation have I have I I don't know if I've seen a movie that starts with 
book being <laughs> opened, you know, with title of movie narration explaining book, you know, it, it was just it felt very old sort of fairy tale. Well, isn't that telling. how Super Bad opens? <laughs> I don't know. That book says it's super bad. No, no, no. no, no, no. It's actually bad meaning good. I think the marketing team would have done another pass on this one. <laughs> and so uh, so Julie Andrews uh, tells us, I assume from the line at the bank where she's cashing the check, uh, <laughs> that this is the story about uh, Marie Joseph. The She's the titular king's daughter. She's a secret daughter. Yeah. She doesn't even know the king is her dad. Because yeah, normally if you hear the name King's daughter, like that's a princess. I don't know why they're going through all this rigmarole. Well, it turns out she's a bastard. Yeah, she's well, yes, a natural daughter. She's or a bastitch, as Lobo would say. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, for all the Lobo fans out there, just to put it in terms they I understand. I mean, yeah. this is one of the changes from the book that I was able to see that, like the in the book, uh, no relation to the king. In the book, there is no king's daughter. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's just a lady. Fundamentally different. <laughs> uh, and she's played by uh, Kaya Scodelario, an actress mm -hmm. I'm not really familiar with not familiar but i think she does a good like i think that there are a few good like acting performances in this and they're stuck in a movie that was never going to be rescued by anything but i think that she puts in her best effort she here. Just like, i think she's so, yeah, she, so she's a young woman she's living at a convent uh run by the evil head abbess rachel griffiths academy award nominee for <laughs> hillary and jackie uh, yeah. and and the head abbess is horrified that marie is always running off to go swim in the Into unholy the, sea the devil's water and maybe it's just because i just read a big chunk of elric stories but uh -huh. the idea of an unholy sea is so much more interesting <laughs> yes. than anything in the movie well also this sets me up to believe like that this movie's going to take a, a strong anti-religion hand cuz uh -huh. like clearly the you know like to be like oh you can't swim because of God <laughs> like that is like that seems yeah. pretty bad and, but then later on like it's so it, it, it's the movie becomes so anti science pro. and pro religion yeah, yeah. We'll and get uh, to it, but. and also this setup having recently watched Benedetta I'm like oh this is gonna be good <laughs> oh <laughs> baby it doesn't stay in the convent too long <laughs> but uh, I was I was like it, this this movie gets so anti science it's like that uh, yeah that Chinese dance show that advertises everywhere in L A. Uh, I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Shen Yuan? Shen Yuan, yeah, yeah, where they sing songs about how evolution is bad. But uh, anyway, so. Uh, That's the the craziest thing about, like, I've seen ads for Shen Yuan all the time. Like, all the time I've been in, in New York, every year. But recently they've been changing the, the, the pitch is now, see China before communism. And I'm like, oof, <laughs> gross. <laughs> so, uh. Meanwhile, in in uh, the in the court of the King of France, King Louis the Fourteenth, Pierce Brosnan, and this is uh, this create this begins the or I guess <laughs> continues the <laughs> the movie's theme of having French characters played by people from the British Isles or yeah. Ireland, where it's like there's almost no French people, and except for Pierce Brosnan and uh, and John Hurt. There's no one doing a William Hurt. William Hurt, sorry, William Hurt. John Hurt. Oh, what a performance that would oh, have been. That would have been yeah. great. But he passed away before the movie was made, as opposed to William Hurt who passed away after the movie was made. <laughs> but uh, they, they, uh, nobody is attempting to do a French accent. So you have all yeah. these people with English accents, including the titular king's daughter running around France, and it's ridiculous. Okay, so anyway, King Louis, he's just returned from a very expensive war. <laughs> he's, he's an orangutan. <laughs> he wants, oh, he wants, the, songs. Se wants oh, the secret man. of man's red fire. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he... Uh, he gets he's giving a speech and he gets shot and he survives giving the the shooting mm. but it makes him wonder about his own mortality and I'll just mention 
This actually happened to Teddy Roosevelt, and he didn't go around killing mermaids to become immortal. He just <laughs> dealt with it. So thank you, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And Men will weird. kill mermaids to avoid going to therapy. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> but it's also, if there was ever a guy who was going to go out and kill a mermaid, you'd think it would be Teddy Roosevelt. He killed yeah. every other yeah, type he'd of be animal. so excited. So end, end a person also, once. I like, I like that the speech he's giving is to like a crowd of like 10 people, and one of them has a gun. <laughs> uh, and so uh, King Louis talks to his head priest, uh, Père Lachaise, the inventor, I assume, of the of the chair of the same <laughs> of name, the, the and lounge. That's William Hurt in what I assume is his last role. I don't know of any. It other was one. his last role released. Oh, I don't know whether he did. It was made so long ago that he yeah, might have done other yeah. ones. Uh, and uh, he's talking to Père Lachaise and Doctor Labarth, played by Pablo Schreiber. And uh, Labarth tells him that there's that's a, Nick. That's a Nick Sabatka. You got a Nick Sabatka <laughs> in your movie. Mm-hmm, he knows a, a thing or two about water. <laughs> he's worked the ports. I mean, his dad is really the one who knows. Oh no, his uncle. He's really the one who yeah. knows about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if only if only he was his uncle's son instead of that wastrel Ziggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always causing trouble and showing off his penis. Anyway, I feel like wastrel is like the shorthand for that character. Yeah. So that's a lot of wire season two talk for the king's daughter, <laughs> but they shouldn't have cast Pablo Schreiber. To do all that. And so uh, Labarth tells uh, tells the king there's a sea creature who has the secret of eternal life. So now we see this Atlantis expedition. It's led by Captain Eves, re- returning flop star Benjamin Walker. Yeah, Benjamin Walker. Uh, what, what he was in he was what? an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. He was also. He looks like a combination of like de-aged uh, Pablo, pa- Pablo Pascal and Liam Neeson. And I was yeah, I, I looked it up. He actually played young Liam Neeson in Kinsey. So uh, he also he's casting. also known for when when, he, when young Liam Neeson goes to talk to Alfred Kinsey <laughs> for for his report. <laughs> he also uh, he, he I, on stage I think he was uh, Andrew Jackson in Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Well, that's a great segue to our new segment, The Great White Way Too Much, hosted by me, Elliot Kalin, uh-huh. Dan, and Stuart. Can you guess how many actors in this movie I have seen perform on stage oh, in a live wow. theater? Okay. I'm going to say five. <laughs> uh, gone over. High. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going with three. Okay. You went over to the answer is actually two, as oh. far as I know. I saw Benjamin Walker in the original public theater version of Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson before it moved oh, to Broadway and, and, and failed. And I also saw Pablo Schreiber in a 2006 Broadway revival of Clifford Odette's Awaken Sing, and this is where we get the no, no, no. way too much information <laughs> section. Sorry, I was... <laughs> so like, I, no, 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 Elliot. Don't, t- don't say it. It's because a cat was coming up behind me. <laughs> I assumed to attack me. I was yeah. trying to distract my cat from Elliot. Yeah. Uh, Elliot's a sleepwalker. The, um, as you know, wait, I'm not allergic. done with my story. Okay. okay. This, this, this show, Awaken Sing, featuring Pablo Schreiber, was the show that my now wife's parents took me to when, we first, when I first met them. So mm. they came into New York to uh, see their daughter and see this new amazing guy she was dating. That guy was me. We oh. went because we're all Jews. We went to go see Awake and Sing on Broadway, the story of a Jewish Lower East Side family. Uh-huh. And Pablo Schreiber was in it. So that's two people in this movie. As far as I know, I've seen on stage live. Now, wasn't mm. Benjamin Walker was also Patrick Bateman in the American Psycho musical, right? Yes, I believe so. And I believe he was married for a while to Mamie Gummer, Meryl Streep's daughter. I don't know. And then he, her, his, her daughter with Louis Gomer, the, yep. the Texas Republican <laughs> yep, spelled totally differently. And, <laughs> and then pronounced differently yep. as well. <laughs> uh, I'm not expected to pronounce every name right. And then, uh, and then, but they got a divorce, and he is now married to. That's right, the king's daughter herself. 
Cara oh, Scalari or oh, whatever really? her name is. Oh, yeah. did they fall in love while making this movie? It said they got married in 2016, so I'm assuming yes. So yeah, I think so. So this was a real, what was it, Dream House, the movie that, uh, or Bad House, the movie that uh, yeah, Dream Rachel Weisz and, and uh, um, James Bond fell in love on? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I Daniel mean, Craig, he's called. Daniel Craig. I mean, I can only <laughs> assume that Daniel Craig has was in love with Rachel Weisz since the moment he saw her, oh, and then yeah. they finally were able to. Yeah, we meet. all are, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we see this Atlantis ex- exhibition featuring Andrew Jackson, Abraham Lincoln himself, Ben. Benjamin Walker. Uh, he's throwing exploding barrels into the sea <laughs> during a storm. I'm not sure how this is helping them to catch a live mermaid, uh-huh. but they do. Mm-hmm. They catch That's what a- we call mermaid bait. <laughs> <laughs> Mermaids eat explosions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how they stay young forever. Uh, and they catch a female mer- uh, mermaid. They throw the male away. They, uh-huh. they let it swim away. It's useless to them. But we don't really see the mermaids yet. Their, Im- their, their visuals have been hidden from us. You know, we mm-hmm. just see they've caught something, something murderous. But the, yeah, they're also dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're totally These aren't dangerous. your daddy's mermaids. No. In fact, I mean, they're. I mean, I mean, there are pretty Traditionally, much- mer- mermaids are dangerous. They, so I like, guess they. Lure sailors to their death. Then I guess firing. they're not your daddy's mermaid. Just in the like way manatees. That they're not dangerous. <laughs> just like people think manatees are mermaids. That's, they're always well, luring to be fair, to there's a lot of woodcuts where you can notice that back in that day, man- manatees wore a lot more makeup. <laughs> Oh, and then we go, you love a boy. And uh, so they would lure sailors to the rocks. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, and also, you know what? People make fun. They're like, the sailors looked at manatees and thought they were mermaids. You know what? If they're attracted to mermaid to manatees, I'm not going to kink shame them. You know yeah, what? Yeah. If that's what they're into. You know, my friends always made fun of me because when I was younger, I liked mermaids that looked like manatees. But now <laughs> I love my manatee mermaid wife. Yeah, Elliot's finally. I'm a hero. A as as a man who has admitted that he would he would get murdered by a species, uh, I feel like if I was into manatees, I would totally like kill myself, throwing myself. Now I want to clarify for you'd, the listener: you'd crash by on the rocks. species. He means, of course, Natasha Natasha Hanstridge, Hanstridge, the alien from Species. (laughs) No, no, that's just any species species that exists. (laughs) Yeah, Species, the character, the alien. Yeah, (laughs) despite Species, despite all the red flags. (laughs) I want to see the sitcom where where that's called Species Roommate, and it's about and it's like Species. Did you take a man home last night? Maybe and eat him. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I am species. not cleaning the blood out of your blankets again. <laughs> species. Uh, so, and, and it's because the roommate has a crush on species and doesn't like that she's always bringing yeah. home other, other people. So anyway, uh, so... Um, doc- so will they, won't they, until the final episode of the first season. When where, she eats him. Yeah, yeah. where she eats him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then they recast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just, like in, uh, just like in Bewitched when <laughs> when she she murdered him for, for, a, for, a, for a sacrificial right. Yeah, yeah. They, she ate the heart of the first Darren and they had to replace him. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dr. LaBarth tells the king that if they sacrifice the mermaid during eclipse, and in the book, apparently he has to eat the flesh of the mermaid. But here, it's not quite clear how they're going to transfer the immortality of the mermaid yeah. to the king. By the end of the movie, you know, you they're, know they're, her, they're shooting at the mermaid from a in cliff. the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess just as we kill it during this time span, it's cool. And the, I guess the mermaid's soul will leap out and the king <laughs> just has to grab, run up and catch it before <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. else can get it. So Dr. Labarthi says, if we sacrifice the mermaid during the eclipse that's coming up, they can transfer its eternal life to him. And Father Lachaise is like, I don't like this plan. And he... I guess as part of his plan to stop the mermaid, I don't to stop the mermaid stuff, he goes to the convent and gets Marie Joseph and brings her to uh to the court of Versailles. Yeah. She doesn't know that she's the king's daughter. She thinks she's being brought there to be a new court musician. And she is in awe of Versailles and who wouldn't be? And they shot it at Versailles, at which Versailles. is amazing. Like, if there's any reason to see this movie and it's doubtful, it might be that, yeah, they shot it at Versailles. Although then they populated it with a bunch of people wearing just 
seemingly like random flashy clothes from the past. It does not look mm-hmm. like clothes of the time. It looks like they just were like, I mean, some people look like they're flappers. Like, I, if this movie was It looks clearer, like Versailles was populated by vampires. They're, and they're all from different time yeah. periods where they go out and party, yeah. Well, and if this movie is clearer about its intentions, like... It does feel like a LARP, basically. Acceptable, <laughs> yeah. because it's like, is this trying to do, like... I don't know, like a Baz Luhrmann thing. Yeah, if where it's it trying to do like matter. a or like a or like a Marie, Marie Antoinette. Antoinette. Yeah, yeah, where it's where it's like um, we're deliberately mixing times because we want to give you the impression of what it was like. But it's the only way that that comes out is in the people at Versailles. Yeah, yeah, it just feels messy. Yeah, like some guys have short hair, other guys mainly Pierce Brosnan have long, beautiful, flowing hair that's just <laughs> constantly caught by the wind and the light, and it looks amazing. Yeah, and so uh, King Louis, he gets woken up every morning with a with an orchestra pl- or a small orchestra, like a quintet, yeah. playing for him, and he and he yells. He just this is my favorite moment is when he wakes up and goes boring <laughs> because he thinks the music is boring, and he tries to confess to to where's that new sound I've been looking for? <laughs> Listen, the to this, and so she she tries to confess to William Hurt, his his father confessor, but he can't even remember which woman he had sex with last night, and and uh, Lachaise yeah. has to has to correct him, and meanwhile. Um, Marie gets brought to her small room at Versailles, which she's enchanted by, and she meets Marguerite, her attendant. In the book, this character, I guess, is a slave who is trying to get her freedom, mm-hmm. but here, that's not touched on at all. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it, this is and later, Marie, it will be bring, brought to a better room, and I'm like, why did you just cut straight to the chase and have her brought to that room at the beginning? I don't know why <laughs> why why the extra room. So anyway, it's the king's birthday, and this really annoys him because it just reminds him of his mortality that he's getting older, and he ne- still needs that mermaid. But to he looks great. Him, but he looks fantastic, and he meets uh, Lintilac or Lintia or Lint- something like that. He's a young heir to a lace fortune who has a lot of money, and the <laughs> king is like, I need that money because that war really put us in debt. This is back in the era when like. Nations didn't really have budgets. It was yeah. all based around like whatever finances the king could could steal away from everybody else, and con- royalty was always uh, and countries were always running out of money. And they hadn't realized about debt financing. A lot of modern day mercantile uh, budgetary financing just wasn't there. So anyway, uh, the court is all. <laughs> Thank you for that. So the, but, hardcore history. Well, because it's, it's a big plot development yeah. that he needs this lace heir's money to keep the country afloat. <laughs> oh, and it's like, well, why don't you just do the co- things countries do? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. But uh, the court is all, it's all preening. They're all dressed up like they're, yeah, they're, they're uh, trust fund kids going to like an antiquated uh, club yeah, or something like their that. Their idea of what a Versailles themed party would be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I would like I would have expected a larger wig budget, but that's okay. That's mm-hmm. fine. It pretty much went to Pierce Brosnan's wig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and everyone's gossip- wait, that was a wig. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. <laughs> everyone's gossiping about Marie because she just dresses plainly, and they're like, "What's her deal?" And meanwhile, the king thunders around on a horse in slow motion. Oh, that's great. And he startles her into falling into a fountain, and the and Lintiac, the uh, or whatever it was pronounced, uh, Lintilac. Uh, or Lintelou. It's well, French. Just she, pr- repronounce it a million times yeah. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he, he helps her out of the fountain and seems instantly smitten. And so Marie is hired as the new court composer and she gets a fancy apartment. This uh-huh. is great. Uh, and meanwhile, the mermaid is being kept prisoner in a sort of underground steampunk cavern. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it supply it's like a lair. It's very yeah. much a lair, and it yeah. supplies for size fountains with all their water. Yeah, it definitely feels like a part of a level in an uncharted game where I'm like, how do I figure out this fucking puzzle? Okay, <laughs> do I gotta push that box onto this other fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I push the box onto the onto the water wheel, will that 
then stop it or will it maybe the box will fall over? How am I going to time all these yeah. jumps under <laughs> all these fountains? Uh, so uh, Father Lachaise and the king, they go down to stare at the sad mermaid, which won't eat. And the king commands Benjamin Walker, Captain Eves, you keep it alive or else I'll throw you in jail. And it's like, is he going to... I guess he's got to force like, do an enema force feed on this mermaid, but where do you find the butt? I don't understand. It's a mermaid. <laughs> That's true. That's a good question. Uh, r- r- listeners, why don't you write in? Tell us where the butt is. <laughs> it seems like they were having trouble. Like, Only on a mermaid. I know where the butt is on other animals. <laughs> They're like, what does this mermaid eat? And like, it felt like they like threw a stick at it. Well, not that. Like, I'm, I'm assuming fish. <laughs> well, there's like, a like, dead fish. But it, it's also obviously the mermaid's also not eating because it's been imprisoned. No, no, like, I know. But... The issue is, but also you'd think that they'd be throwing in good food. It is France. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that night, yeah, shouldn't they be throwing in like a peacock brain? Yeah, they're throwing in a macaron. <laughs> macaron. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, a sardine Emmanuel macaron. Wow. So that night, Marie is called to the cave by the mermaid's sad song. She's the only person in Versailles who can hear this song. And we finally see the CGI mermaid, uh, who is, it's like the characters out of Beowulf, the Robert Zemeckis movie or Polar Express or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? It looks it looks like a like a Navi mermaid. Kinda. Yeah. My guess is that maybe uh, Fan Bingbing, who the, plays the mermaid, she is a huge star in China. She's, enor- mm-hmm. she's one of the highest paid stars in China. And my guess is that she was like, I'm not getting into a mermaid costume and like <laughs> swimming around in a tank. Like, let's mocap this. What are yeah. you doing? Um, yeah, just like Andy Circus. Yeah, exactly. Oh, have you guys ever been to the Andy Circus? <laughs> he plays all the animals. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's it's so amazing. Anyway, they don't have to use real elephants because well, that's it's the him. thing. Like you have to wait though. You have to wait around. <laughs> he like plays one at a time, and it's like, wait, we're gonna composite this in, <laughs> and then by the end of the night, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like five to ten seconds of actual circus content, <laughs> yeah. but you see him doing it throughout. It's really fantastic. Yeah. And, and it's his, his his motto. There's a circus born every minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is where uh, Captain Benjamin Walker shows up. He was sitting up late in his room reading a little book that I'm assuming is a little manga. And uh, <laughs> why is that? <laughs> I mean, because what else are you gonna do at night? Like it's not uh, you know yeah, like you gotta read nothing. something. <laughs> it's gonna be manga. <laughs> well, it's a tiny little book. That's what comes in tiny books, right? <laughs> sure. He's just yeah. reading his reading his little lone wolf and cub or yeah, something. Yeah, little or, Tosh and Bon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so it's uh, the the mermaid is kind of whispering this mystery language to uh, to uh, Marie and Eve catches them. And Marie says, I'm going to use this mermaid song in my music. I'm steal her song. <laughs> I'm just going to culturally appropriate from this mermaid. Will not help her get free, but I will steal her music. And the next morning she plays the song and the king loves it. He loves this new song and this yeah. new composer. Uh, so she gets invited to the king's grand ball, which would be awkward if she wasn't invited because she lives at Versailles. That's yeah. true. She's just be sitting in her room hearing everybody dancing. Uh, and she's, she's not going to wear all this makeup that Margalee puts on her. So she goes down, you know, plain Jane, and everyone is a- astonished by it. And the king is like, I love it. You're an individual. You remind uh-huh. me of it's a woman like, I once knew. Like every weird dude who's like, oh, you look so much prettier without makeup, lady on the internet. <laughs> uh, and this is what leads us into uh, the section of the movie that I that is the, like, creepy daddy-daughter dance. Yeah. Because yeah. there other, like, we know she's his daughter, she yeah. does not know that. So yeah. she would probably be assuming this lecherous king is like, I can't wait to get to stabbing. <laughs> wow. Is that the way she puts it? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's she what grew- she put, uh, how she put in her letters she, to me. Yeah, she, she grew up in a convent where the head abbess told no, her that, I, that a man's penis is sharp like a knife. So you need to stay away like, from that. I do agree, though. Like, there, there's, there's this sequence, yeah, like this area in the middle of the movie where you're like, this feels like quasi-romantic in a way that I'm like, 
I was genuinely confused. Like, does the king know? That yeah, this is it's a little yeah. unsure. And he's also French, though, so that's just the way the yeah. French are. Mm-hmm. But uh, the incestuous. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, listeners, right in. You've listeners seen, uh, from France. Uh, what's, um, that, what's that Louis Malle movie? Sorry. <laughs> the one where, where the one where the guy is, is in love with his mother. Anyway, so uh, the. Uh, so my they, father, the hero. Yeah, my father, the hero. Again, a Frenchman. Yeah, uh, well, Milf a, Hunter Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, they, there they call it Le Hunter de Milf. Uh. <laughs> uh, so the king is like, "Oh, you're a real individual," and he starts dancing with her, and the dance goes on for a while. She's enchanted, and mm-hmm. then he suddenly sees her as a different woman, and he's unnerved, and he has to stop. And we, because we've seen stories, we know that he has suddenly seen. He has suddenly imagined that it's her mother that he's dancing mm-hmm. with, who yeah. we know is some woman that he loved and lost. Uh, so anyway, uh, Marie goes to visit the mermaid and tells the mermaid all about the ball, which seems like rubbing it in her yes. face that she's trapped in, in a yeah. cave. It was so great. I was walking around on my cool legs. <laughs> I could go wherever I wanted. No one would stop me. There's uh, a thing called dancing. You wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> and uh, the, you want the mermaid to sing part of the world, but she doesn't mm-hmm. sing it. because, mm-hmm. Or maybe she does in that weird language. Anyway, and, and uh, she and Captain Eve start bonding over their love of the sea. But uh-oh, they're being watched by Dr. LaBarth. So earlier, Marie went down to see the mermaid and was watched by the captain. Now she and the captain are looking at the mermaid and they're being watched by Dr. LaBarth. Who's going to watch them when Dr. LaBarth joins That's them? Great. We'll yeah. find out. And the next day, uh, the king starts telling Marie about Louisa, a woman he loved who Marie reminds him of mm. uh, because obviously it's it's going to turn out to be her mom. And uh, later the king— And he's doing like a little drawing, right? He's doing a drawing of her. And he's like, I used to sketch her as well. And there's a fountain that looks Weird. like her. Uh, later the king sells, uh, wait, so when, so in Titanic, when Kate Winslet says like, draw me yep. like one of your French girls, does she, she mean draw me like your French daughter that doesn't know that you're her, her dad? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. It'll what. add to the tension in the little car they're in. Okay. In <laughs> the little car. Oh, uh, yeah, whose car was that? And they got to it and they were like, oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, they made sure to put that car on a life raft. Yeah, I think like, that sank with the Titanic. Well, before anybody went to yeah. get you. A fish was, got into it and is like, why is there jizz all over the place? <laughs> and Titanic handprints. was thinking, he goes, I know, we'll drive away. I brought my car with me. And he opened the door and he went, oh, this is disgusting. <laughs> I like the idea too. Stuart, this fish is like, oh, now I got to wait for another car to sink. <laughs> <laughs> and they start, they start sinking those subway cars to make artificial reefs. And they're yeah. like, not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mass transit? Gross. Mm-hmm. So uh, the king sells a dukedom to uh, Lintelac uh, in exchange for a ton of money. And uh, that night, Lintelac is rude to the sailors. And they spar verbally and almost come to blows. So they're setting up one at the... Captain Eves is the man of the people, and Lintelac this is a my bad boy. Favorite uh, fancy dinner scene in a movie uh, that still goes to Dark Crystal, where the uh-huh. Skeksis are it. chomping down <laughs> on all the Rosnebri and shit. We showed Dark Crystal to to Sammy, and I was like, "Just get ready for this scene where they're just eating," and he was not impressed. And I was like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> when I was a kid, I watched it over and over again. Yeah, I liked it so much that for years, like I think. To a current day, whenever we eat, like, whenever we would eat meat at dinner, my mom would call it roast nebri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, as we know, you have the best mom. She's Shelley Wellington, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's another night, another song-inspired visit from Marie to the mermaid. And the next day, Marie and Eves, they're flirting around Versailles, and everyone's watching them. And they start riding horses together, but Marie falls off and breaks her arm. Of course, Dr. Labarth says they need to amputate Jump immediately. <laughs> which is nuts. Like, that's yeah. bonkers. I mean, even in 18th century medicine, they weren't like, your mm. arm's broken. I guess you have to lose it. And then he looks at the camera, and he's like, she said she wanted to lose some weight. <laughs> 
It, <laughs> he does look amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Weird. Uh, then, you know, he looks at the camera. Wait, and he goes, he goes, as a doctor, I did swear to do no arm. <laughs> oh, my God. Dan, you got to do one now. You got to do one now. I would amputate. Oof. This is hard. It's yeah, so this hard is difficult. To watch. This is like watching a kid riding a bicycle the first I time. You can't help them. Want you want to say something? Arms. But. Say he took the hippo cut it off instead of the Hippocratic <laughs> oath. Uh, <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, they uh, the king is like, wait, maybe let's wait one day until you cut her arm off. Mm. And uh, the captain brings Marie down to the mermaid, who heals her. By swimming around her until they're engulfed in glowing light. That's right. This is mermaid has book? healing powers. <laughs> it's the glowing light from the book. <laughs> no, the mermaid. Was a mermaid from the book? <laughs> That'd be so Let's funny if the book out. was based on had no mermaid. <laughs> pull out the book. What Switch the fuck the is the book even index. about? See if there's any entry for glowing light. Well, that's like there, I remember reading. There's an article in the New Yorker years ago when about Schmidt was was yeah. coming out with the author of the book about Schmidt and how it was like in the book. It's not set in Nebraska. The characters are apparently very Jewish, I think. It it's like barely about Schmidt. It's, it's, it's on the, either the Upper East or Upper West Side, and they're talking to um, to Alexander Payne, and he's like, well, I changed it all, but of course I'm keeping the title. It's a great title. It's like, okay, so really you just like the title, and you made up the rest of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, Marie tell, says, like, says to the king, the mermaid healed me, and the king kind of lets Marie believe that he's going to use the mermaid's power to heal the common people of France, and then let the mermaid go. You gotta assume there's a lot of injuries in France at that time. Yeah, it's gonna take a while. I yeah. mean, like even if even if he's telling the truth, like that mermaid's never getting out of there. Yeah, it's still not great. And uh, yeah, that's- and Captain Eves is like, no, the king wants to kill the mermaid to be immortal. And Marie's like, you're wrong. You don't. You need to trust people. You're too cynical. But they walk around for a long time, and he shows her his little lighthouse that he lives in, and eventually they kiss. I have to say, Allie, every time you say Captain Eves, I there's a. Every time I expect you're going to say Captain EO. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, how would this re- fl- spin it for me? How would this story be different if it was Captain EO instead? Obviously, there'd be some kind I mean, of elephant still robot be man. dancing, but it'd be a different kind of dancing. True. Yeah. Um, so instead, so it would be what, like Angelica Houston as a spider queen trying to live forever? <laughs> I've never seen Captain EO. I don't know really? anything about oh, it. I, I saw it when I was a kid and I thought it was so strange. <laughs> yeah. And it felt what was strangest about it, I think, was that as opposed to this, where they have all that voice over in the beginning. Captain EO treats the story as if you know who Captain EO is, you love these characters, you're very familiar with them, they exist outside of this incredibly expensive, like, 20-minute yeah. movie you can only see at a theme park. Yeah. Like, it's... And I didn't understand it from one moment to the next, and I know there's a robot that turns into a drum set. Like, I remember that. Love there's, it. Sounds good. There's a... But it was... I remember seeing it as a kid and just being baffled by it. It was so strange. <sighs> But, uh, yeah, it, it feels like a like a cultural artifact from a completely different dimension. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So if it was Captain Neo, it would be a very different story. <laughs> <laughs> One because it would be Michael Jackson, mm. uh, and also because there'd be like a lot of aliens running around and stuff. But maybe it'd be a better movie, except for the mm-hmm. Michael Jackson part, because you know, not a known yeah. actor, also dead. I mean, he was in movies. True. He was in The Wiz. He was in Moonwalker, which is really more a compilation True. of videos. He was in the thriller video. Yeah, he was in. I <laughs> mean, the thing is also, yes. he, he made a bunch of like direct to video, not full length, but long, like 40 minute or so things that I remember, re- I remember reading about them after he died. These like things that would be released on video that people didn't really see very much huh. uh, and were often 
uh, like thinly veiled defenses of his of his bizarre lifestyle, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, so he did. He, Michael Jackson's not in this. No, okay, <laughs> okay. he's not Captain. You nailed it. Uh, and uh, so they're in love now. But the king has promised Marie's hand to the to the new Duke Lintelac. Uh oh. But that's not a big deal because she's not anybody's daughter, right? Uh oh. Because after another night of mermaid communing, the king tells Marie, "I'm your father." It's just like in Empire Strikes Back. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Because then he because then he cuts her hand off. Oh. <laughs> the doctor is like, "Yikes, we did it!" But uh, no, he tells her he's her father, and she's excited at first. And he says, "You need to marry the duke so France can have money." And she's like, "I don't want to." And he says, she, "And he says you have to obey me. I'm your king." And so she's mad, and she says, "Of course, for France." And she walks out and collapses, crying in the hall. And it's at this point that the movie goes through a number of sequences with like kind of pop ballads in the background. Yeah. Um, and Father Lachaise, he goes to visit the mermaid and he tells the doctor and the king that he is risking damning the king's soul forever by killing this mermaid. You gotta believe this king has done so much that has already damned his yeah, soul to well, hell. He's yeah. the king of France. Now yeah. that we've yeah, now that we've gotten here, let's talk a little bit about this is we 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 fainted towards talking about it, but this is the weird thing about the movie where like the man of science, the doctor, is the one who's like, okay, what we've got to do is, as science teaches us, we murder this mermaid and you get to be mm -hmm. immortal. Yeah. Whereas the Christian advisor to the king, who is played by William Hurt, and you're set up by every other movie you've ever seen to think, like, this guy's bad news. Yeah. He's the one who's like... No, 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 you can't kill this mermaid. The only thing immortal is the soul and the love of God. This is wrong. This is yeah. wrong, sir. Rather than in well, life, the, the, what I would assume being the case would be like, this is an abomination of, of God. Well, this. well, but also like there are, you know, science does go overboard often. That's why we have like atomic bombs and Facebook. Mm -hmm. and sure. like that. But and the, the movie, overboard remake. And the overboard remake. Which, which was, <laughs> Scientists never asked whether they yeah. should do it. <laughs> they only asked if they could do it. Yeah. Uh, and, but this movie goes so overboard in being anti-science. And the yeah. idea that science, it's not just this, that science ca causes the need for ethical inquiry, but that science itself science is evil. Science wants to murder mermaids well, I mean, <laughs> you, the king. I'm not as much of a history buff as you guys, but uh, uh -huh. the, in in uh, in France at this time, the church was a force of good, right? <laughs> It was such a force for good that they, soon afterwards, when they killed the king, they tried to eliminate the church from France. <laughs> but it didn't work out because the common people wanted it. But yeah, it was a, uh, this is, I mean, it's like, not, it's, if I'm getting my time right, and I'm, I'm probably not, it's not that long after, like, the Huguenots were massacred and forced to leave because of religious differences. Like, it's, this is, yeah, the, the, it's, it's ahistorical. I mean, <laughs> in, in a, and again, it's also a movie with a mermaid. Yeah, so, of sure, course, it sure. is, in real life, the King of France never tried to kill a mermaid for Can immortality. You, prove he didn't <laughs> you know what? I can't, I can't prove a negative. So, you're right. There's still a chance. Lack of evidence is not evidence of lack, as, as Duke Lintelac tells us. But, uh, that's why it's called Lintelac. But, I mean, mm -hmm. the, uh, but it's, yeah, it's 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 weird to set up a movie where science is. It's not just like, uh, it's it's not just oh we shouldn't tamper in God's domain, but like, no science, please. Yeah, science says we got to cut off your arm and kill this mermaid. Yeah, and so uh, uh so uh, Lachaise is like, <laughs> and it's ironic since Lachaise himself again is an inventor. He invented mm -hmm. a type of chair. Uh, so um, he's saying you're gonna you're going to damn your soul if you do this, and uh, the king's like, well. If God doesn't want me to do it, may He strike me down right now. That old chestnut, uh, mm. which Im which implies that God has doesn't have more important things to do with His time, <laughs> um, like Superman. Yeah, and the mermaid calls to Marie again and kind of mind melts with her in the water to show her that 
when she was taken from Atlantis, she was taken also from her baby who was waiting for her back in Atlantis. A little, a little mer baby. Yeah. You yeah. gotta take her back to her baby. Mm-hmm. She wants her baby back, baby back, baby back. She <laughs> wants her baby back, baby back. <laughs> Mermaids, babies are back. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Lachise and the Doctor and the King, they'll are, they're arguing about it, and the King is like, look, if we kill this mermaid and I become immortal, clearly it's God's will that I be immortal. So just let me do this thing, which is a bad argument. Yeah, uh, yeah I like it, though. It's, it's very throw someone in the water to see if they're a witch. They died. Good, they weren't a witch. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because obviously he's the King of France, and I assume he's a baddie. But leading up to about halfway through this movie, I'm like, he's not that bad. Yeah. They're, they're setting him up to be a, a a character who you want to like. He's not an out-and-out. Out, Labarth is the villain of the movie. And, yeah. he, and he has that real— he And Lintelec. Lintelec. And Lintelec. Right. Just Lintelec. like Barth was the villain of— Of modern literature? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Barth of You Can't Do That on Television? Yeah. The, the chef that served Barth to people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the. I feel so bad. Like when you have a name like Barth, I guess you're assumed like yeah. Well, that's like there's a restaurant that I drove by a few weeks ago called Gorf's. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like I meant to look it up and see if I know who Gorf was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just imagine being the person who who the host and being like, yes, this is Gorf's. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Gorf's. Yeah. <laughs> I yes, mean, we have live jazz music, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Affleck, yes. <laughs> it sounds like a weird contraction of dwarf on golf. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have gorf? <laughs> what? And I, I, I was thinking the other day about a, about a movie called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, where, where, it's, where it's her and seven Tim Conways. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. The guy is a comedy genius. He's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, he's just like, he's like, this is going to be a, this is a hot take, but uh, Tim Conway is like Martin Short in that he is a a objectively hilarious person who also made a lot of very unfunny things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, um, uh, they, the sailor, he's the two, the Captain Eves and his friend, who I don't remember his name, but he's another sailor who's kind of the goofier of the two. Uh But he doesn't have enough time on screen to really develop a personality. They're searching the doctor's study and they essentially just find drawings of him killing the mermaid. (laughs) This is his plans for the next day (laughs) that he drew in case he forgot how to read that day. Insert knife here. Uh (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like Ikea. It's like two people to carry this mermaid, not a one person job. Mm. So uh, and they slip it under Marie's door right before they're arrested and locked up under the orders of the doctor. And uh, Marie sees the plans and she's so mad she smashes all of her she's beloved like, Stop musical instruments. Stop sending me this shit. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I, 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 look, I don't want to vote for Caruso in the LA mayoral election. Stop <laughs> slipping this stuff under my door. That's some local humor for a city I'm not in right now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, we're getting a lot of flyers for this guy uh-huh. that we're not voting for. Uh, and she said, tells the king, I'll marry the duke. David Caruso, right, the actor? Yeah, David yeah, David Caruso uh, of Jade fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he's most known <laughs> for. Best yeah. known for it, yeah. Uh, so she just says, I'll marry him if you free the mermaid. And the king goes, no. <laughs> you're, you're going to marry him and I'm going to kill the mermaid. Yeah, it turns out when you're not the king, you don't have that much leverage. <laughs> yeah, the king is like, you have, you have nothing over me in this situation. And uh, he looks, and then the, everyone's preparing for the eclipse, and you get this, this dramatic stutter zoom in of Pierce Brosnan on a balcony <laughs> staring straight at the eclipse <laughs> as if trying to like, stare it down, you know. Um, 
And so uh, Marie, she's like, Lachaise, you've got to help me save the mermaid. And uh, her room is guarded, but he helps her sneak out of the guarded room so that they can go to the cave. And I forgot how Captain Eves got out of jail, but he's he he gets out. And he's in the, they're in the cave, and they're like, hmm, if we drain all the fountains in Versailles, we can raise the water in the cave enough so that the mermaid can g- jump over yeah, the retaining so wall. Fall free Willy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was, yeah. And we push the box on the fucking water <laughs> wheel. Yeah, and that's going to tip over a candle, which burns through this rope that frees yeah. a mouse that goes for the cheese, well, which jump turns on, this on a fan. Ledge, but if I don't do it fast enough, it all resets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta Prince of Persia this thing. Yeah. And uh, so they, they do it. Anyway, but while they're trying to do it, uh-oh, Dr. Labarth shows up with his gunmen because he's a doctor. He can order around soldiers. And they shoot Eves, but he keeps fighting the baddies until he and Dr. Labarth tumble into the water. Only the doctor resurfaces. Oh, no. Yeah. And Marie fights The doctor, him. I got to say, the doctor resurfaces in, like, the, the – I, this was my pick for – Cool shot of the movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I like the compliment it. Give it something nice. Show we're not yeah, just mean like people. The, the, our hero is looking down at the water, you know, like not knowing there's blood in the water. She doesn't know who survived, you know, her love or this evil doctor. And meanwhile, behind behind her, we see the evil doctor rising up on the water wheel slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That was a nice shot. Good work, Sean McNamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did it. That was the only thing I enjoyed. One perfect film. shot. And the yeah. doctor's like, great, I killed this guy and dropped him in the cocoon pool of healing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Then he he fights her and he manages, uh, she manages to tie his ankle to the water wheel so he's dragged under and drowns. Take that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the mermaid- The water wheel giveth and it taketh away. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you live by the water wheel, you die by the water wheel, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so- uh, the mermaid escapes with with the captain. Uh, Marie rides off on a horse, leaving the duke at the altar. And then the king chases her on horseback. Mm. And then suddenly they go from- Because we already know he's a badass horse. And I've only been to Versailles once. I've never, I don't know the French geography that much, but they're, they're a minute's horse ride away from the ocean and a cliff, yeah. which yeah. I don't yeah. think is accurate. true. I could be I wrong, also... but I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. Well, Elliot, uh, correct me, the, correct me. Uh, do mermaids exist? <laughs> you bring an excellent point up that this is that the most, the, the biggest difference between our reality and that one is the mermaids. So who knows what other different variants <laughs> there might be exactly. uh, that oh, Versailles might be an oceanside estate in mm-hmm. uh, in this world uh, and they chase her to this cliff and she gives an impassioned speech and she looks down and sees that the captain has been healed by the mermaid uh, they they the mermaid and the captain kind of shoot out of a hole in the cliff into the into the ocean and uh, the king's men are ready to shoot the mermaid dead Wait, which the I don't king's men from the king's men movies no I oh. hate to sorry I hate to bring you the men who belong to the king oh, okay at, who worked for him and the but it's one of those things as as Dan said like I don't know how this effect how this is gonna say, give him immortality <laughs> if they just shoot they just snipe a mermaid from thousands of feet away and its body floats away into the ocean yeah hey, but uh, uh, it's like they say in Riddick you keep what you kill. Yeah, I, I looked it up. Uh, Versailles, I wouldn't say, is the most landlocked place in France. Okay, like you could get further inland, uh-huh. but uh, pretty far inland. It's, it's not a it's not a two minute horsey ride. No, away. no, 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 no. I would, this would this would take a quite a while on a horse to get to the ocean. Okay, and so uh, they, they're ready to shoot him dead. And Marie says, "If the mermaids live, it will save my life." And she jumps off the cliff into the ocean breaking her body to pieces. And the doctor, if he were alive, would be like, gotta cut those pieces off. They're all broken now. And the king is distraught and he sees the eclipse is taking place. It's time to kill that mermaid, but he tells the men not to shoot. And the mermaid pulls her glowy swim move on Marie Mm. and saves her. And they all swim away to uh, the captain's ship. 
which is waiting offshore. And the king says, don't stop the ship. Just just let it go. And please don't stop the music. And yeah. uh, I've learned my lesson that even kings die. <laughs> yeah. And Lachey's, uh, and he kneels to, in repentance before Lachey's. And Lachey says, you were a great king, which is debatable. And now, yeah. you, now you've become a great man. And Lachey's forgives also him. Also debatable. Yeah, forgives him for his sins. Says, only mm-hmm. love is immortal. Uh, now we get back to the Julie Andrews voiceover, wrapping up, telling us how the captain and Marie, so, which is which, and Tennille, <laughs> they, maybe that's Tennille's first name. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they they're searching the seas for Atlantis, and they finally find it. And rather than throwing exploding barrels in, uh, Marie <laughs> dives in, and her mermaid just happens to be there, right right there. And you takes, can tell that's her mermaid. I mean, oh, it comes to greet her it's and like says, a, "Hey!" Like unless the the legend of her. I mean, yeah, they, say, they say that crows. Uh, that later generations of crows can recognize people that they never met somehow, that mm-hmm. a, a person who encounters a flock of crows who then returns months later or years later when it's a new generation of crows, that they will recognize them, I guess because the story of that person has been passed down yeah. by the crows. So maybe it's something like that. Do you find this to be true in your work with the crow puppets at Mystery Science Theater that like future generations would still recognize? Future generations of crow puppets. They would still, I mean, yeah. they, they would still know me depending on the puppeteer operating the puppet. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the mermaid takes Marie on a ride through Atlantis, which is kind of like an underwater Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very glowy and pastel and like a, a pop song. And you kind yeah. of wonder what it's, it's made it's, out of. And the mermaids have no hands. Uh-huh. So how it's run by Andrew it. Ryan. Yeah. It's terrible. Don't yeah. Go down yeah, these mermaids, let's, <laughs> we haven't really said, but instead of hands, they've got like big, like razor sharp flippers. flippers. They're huge flippers. fins. Yeah. yeah. So they have no hands, and they, but they somehow, maybe they hired, maybe Steve Wynn built this whole mermaid complex. And and at one point the doctors or the captains suggest that the uh, mermaid could slice you in half with their fins. Yes, mm. although we never see anything like that ever happening. I wonder, I thought that was just them kind of being superstitious about the mermaids. Oh yeah, I guess that but makes sense. But I could sense. be wrong. But in we'll see. Because I mean if if they had that ability and you're making a movie, you know you gotta have them slice shit. In well half. maybe they were saving it for the King's Daughter tournament fighting game. I mean yeah. <laughs> Where, like if 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 uh, if the mermaid is up against Blanca like yeah. and he tries his electro move she just cuts him in Yeah two. your your breaker meter goes all the way up and then you can yeah. do your super move. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know whether this sort of gentle fairy tale-esque story ever had anyone being murdered by a mermaid, but I do think that's probable that a lot of things in this movie that seem to go nowhere, uh, that's because it got retooled so many times and, uh, and could have been improved by mermaid murder. Yeah. Now, Dan, you you uh, maybe if you want to start final judgments, we could, a good segue sure. is, is the, referring to it as a fairy tale type movie because it is it is uh, attempting a kind of like I'm not I assume it's supposed to be a family kind of picture fairy tale because there's nothing particularly violent in it. There's no yes. particular sex in it. It's a it's like you could show it to children, but at the same time, it's so boring. Why? And so, <laughs> Why would you and so overcomplicated. You know, you know well, I don't see a kid liking it. Unless you know? you're trying to teach them that you know, like not everything in in the world is going to be good. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's no jokes. <laughs> like it's not. There's nothing enough. fun or it's fast. It's not fun enough for a kids movie, and it's not sexy enough to be kind of like a like a grown up romance in a in a time of corsets and, and you don't yeah, actually magic. see that much of the mermaid. So yeah. we are currently soaking in final judgments. Whether this is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie we kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'll kick us off on that tone. I think it's a bad bad movie, and a large portion of it is like I don't know for whom this movie was made. It is not, like, I, I Chinese have Chinese investors. I have faith. Yeah, well, it is. It, it was made for 
Chinese investors that wanted to break into the into the Western movie market. But at the same time, yeah, but this wasn't always this. Good movie? But it was, yeah, that's that's the question. That's actually a really good point, Dan, because <laughs> but, if you're going to spend a lot of money making a movie, why don't yeah, you yeah. make a good movie? Well, right. but the thing is, I see there could be a good. I can this movie. Different people have been. Yeah. Very passionate about making it for twenty some odd years, and it's I can. There's a good version of this movie that has a certain amount of like wit and lightness and magic to yes. it. The, the way that like the Princess Bride exists, like that mm -hmm. movie exists, and it's great. Yeah, and like you could do this movie like that, and they just but they didn't know how to do but it. But that but that movie is to some degree like you know it's it's taking the piss out of fairy tales. It's, Except it's it is, but. At it the same is, time, but it's, it's also so, it's so the same way that like itself. we were watching. Uh, my kids love the old Lion King, and there are parts in that movie where you can tell our. Is that different than the animated Lion King movie? I mean, it's. I mean, they're both animated. It's mm. the. It's well, the, wait a minute. One's a live action. Movie. <laughs> no, well, no, one is an animated movie that looks like a two D cartoon, and one is an animated movie that is faking live action animals. And which is the one on Broadway? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a movie. That's that's a stage play. And, and just human performers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Suits okay. And okay. Yeah. So, but uh, the uh, the old there's the scene where uh, Zazu the bird, as mm. played by Rowan Atkinson, uh, Sean Oliver. In the, <laughs> in the new one, that Scar, played by Jeremy Irons, I don't know who plays him in the new one. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, now, okay. he, uh, he, he wants him to sing a song, and he starts singing, It's a Small World, and Scar goes, Ugh, no, no, no. And at that time, that was kind of a taking a, a piss out of Disney yes. joke. But that joke seems so quaint now compared to the new one. Where In the old one, they kind of hint at the word fart, but they don't say it. And mm. the new one, they just say fart, and they talk about the word fart for a while. Oh, no. And it's like— I'm always farting and shitting. It's me, Pumbaa. When the, I'm sure when <laughs> That's the, what I'm known for. Yeah, I'm a shit pig. That's what I do. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> and Timon is like, I love dick. Like— <laughs> <laughs> this yep. is the Lion King 2020. <laughs> and so the, uh, <laughs> the and uh, the uh, oh, man, it's awesome. And, but in the it, the Princess Bride at the time was like, oh, it's a tongue in cheek kind of winking fairy tale. But you watch it now and it just feels like a fairy tale. Like it yeah. even the jokes feel like fairy no, no, tale no. jokes. It's, well, but you know? it is not it is not that sort of cynical, like let's say like Shrek, you know, Ugh. like yeah. the worst version. Like you know, like William Goldman wanted to write like a tale of high adventure, and he wanted to like put like jokes in it and make it like sort of sophisticated for a modern audience. But like, it's really a throwback. And this one, it wants has to be no a throwback. Jokes, yeah, and it has no high adventure. It in wants it. to be a throwback, but it has yeah, it has very little of the things that you like of those or that I like. So that maybe there are people who love like like. There's a very heavy romance element to it it's not a particularly well-drawn romance but like maybe that's maybe that is something that doesn't yeah, yeah i mean it's not as well drawn a romance to say like the romance between shrek and fiona <laughs> <laughs> where they learn that it's okay for she can love him for being ugly because she is also an ugly ogre <laughs> they are on the same level of attractiveness <laughs> yep, so it's okay <laughs> just don't try and punch above your weight class. Is and what also, it's, it's okay to make fun of the king's height because he's a bad guy, so they can make fun of his appearance as yeah. much as they no, want. Yeah, mm -hmm. Oh, there's so much about that movie I don't like. So, are you saying King's Daughter is better or worse than Shrek? Oh, don't. This is a real Solomon's <laughs> choice, you know. Um, the, but I will. So I'm also going to call the King's Daughter a bad, bad movie. But there's the part of me that like I, I think I've said in the past I like the idea of like adventure movies like they yeah. don't make them really anymore the same way and so there's part of me that wanted to like it because it's a throwback kind of fairy tale but there's movie. no adventure they just hang out at versailles the whole time <laughs> yeah. there's no adventure and there's no 
the characters are not fun or or, or exciting. There's no excitement or fun. Yeah. And an adventure movie should be both exciting and fun. <laughs> or else why? I mean, or else why be going on an adventure? You know. If, I mean, I guess there's like Sorcerer. That's an adventure movie that's not exci- that's, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. It's not fun. Yeah. Show me a movie more exciting than Sorcerer, Elliot. I'll fucking I mean, wait. Like, I mean, it's tense. Elliot sounded like, <laughs> Elliot sounded so much like Bilbo right then. Like, if an adventure's not going to be exciting or fun, I'm like, why? Let me just stay here in my hobbit hole and have some tea, Well, man. yeah, basically. <laughs> Don't come in here, sing songs, and fuck up my plates. <laughs> Put my plates down, you, you jerks. <laughs> oh, that movie. I wish this is my, I mean, that plate scene goes on for so long, and I kind of wish yeah. every time they were about to go on the adventure, they just started singing. Ooh, plates baby. <laughs> yeah, another plate. Give me more burst. of that. Give me <laughs> more like, of that shit. And, and and Peter Jackson's like, actually, it turned out to be a five-movie series because they don't go on the adventure until movie two. The first movie is three hours of them being bad house guests. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Now I kind of wish that the poster for the first movie was uh, Bilbo opening, like, his mailbox, and there like all the characters were like, all the doors are sticking with the mailbox. <laughs> And then they're all looking at the camera. <laughs> they're all looking at the other <laughs> How else do you make a fucking movie poster? You have to look at the camera. Peter Jackson's like, you know, there's a lot of extra songs in the Cimmerillion that we weren't using, so we just put them in here. We paid for that shit. <laughs> put them in. A lot of people don't know that the movie House Guest was based on the Cimmerillion. <laughs> So we took that in. We paid for this. That was the. I'm. I'm very curious about the uh, this a, this Amazon Lord of the Rings TV show that they spent a billion some odd dollars on because mm-hmm. I'm worried that there aren't enough stories left that people are that interested in in the in the realm of Middle Earth. You know, Ooh. I could be wrong though. So Stuart, you thought it was a good movie? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, it's tough. Uh, is there a category between good, great, and best movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a bad, bad movie. Um, it yeah, there's it's there's just not. It's an adventure movie with no adventure. There's no uh, real. There's no jokes. Yeah, there's there's no sense of magic in it. Like it should, at the yeah. very least, it should make you feel like I'm oh, seeing something that I can't see otherwise. I feel know? like there's a bigger sense of connection between our hero and the mermaid than her love interest. Like maybe she like, should have fallen in love with the mermaid. There's she should have real life actress should have married that mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> Marry that mermaid. Yeah. Okay. Well. Go watch Splash if you want a mermaid movie. <laughs> John Candy's character is fucking gross as hell in Splash. I, I mean, watched it recently. It's I, fucked up. I haven't seen Splash in a long time, and I have to assume that there's a lot of stuff wrong with that movie. Yeah. That movie that doesn't fly these days. Or swim, I should say. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> can't it, can't it, do that over Zoom. And it's also, nope. yeah, we can't. Well, we could try to high five over Zoom, but we break our computers because we'd hit the screens. It's uh, the, break Dan's computers. It's the, uh, I watched a video about it a while back. The that Splash is one of those ones where it's the idea of like, like um, sexy born yesterday or something like that. Born mm-hmm. sexiest, where it's like finally a sexy woman that I get to teach about the world. Yeah. Um. Hey, I guess that go. alien's gonna be your new stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I married a species. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that 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 Terminator's looking thick. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our, Our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. 
Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Cation. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total with <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie Laurie Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make one complete woman. Is that just what that one's gonna end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays only on Maximum Fun. Hey, listener, we got sponsors. One of them is Lumi Labs. You've probably heard about microdosing. If you search around on the internet, you'll find all sorts of people who are microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. Um, our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, which deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. If you're having trouble with, I don't know, getting to sleep, maybe if you're stressed out, you got anxiety, you're uh, in a little pain, uh, or maybe you just want to relax, you know, uh, have some inspiration, think interesting thoughts. Uh, I find that a microdose from Luby Labs is helpful. Um, if you, uh, it's, it's available nationwide. If you want to learn more about microdosing, uh, just do a quick search online or go to microdose.com and use code FLOP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that is microdose.com and code F-L-O-P. Flop! Hey there, are you a proud cat person? I know I am. My cat's muscles and meatball are the apple of my eye. You must love your cat. Yeah, they, they are both apples in my eye. I can have two apples in my eyes. Um, Got two eyes. Mm -hmm. So you love your cat, but that doesn't mean you have to love having a litter box in your home. Kitty Poo Club takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership, so you can get back to loving your furry friend, like I love Muscles and Meatball and Archie. Don't look at me like that. Um, every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers affordable and recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. When the month is up, just recycle the used litter box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. You can easily customize your subscription at any time, too. Maybe add some toys, treats, accessories. I don't know about you, but my cats love treats and toys and accessories. Whatever <laughs> will make you and your kitty happy. Now, what kind of accessories? Are you <laughs> oh, yeah, like man. Little hats? Yeah, little hats. <laughs> like chain little, belts? Yeah, little chain belt, bullet belts. Yep, mm -hmm. spiked gauntlets. Uh, you often tell your cats, before you go out, Take off one piece of jewelry. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, 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 dad, I know better. And then they come back and they're like, you were right. Um, <laughs> and right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering an awesome discount for your first litter box order and free shipping when you set up an auto ship. Just go to kittypooclub.com to save on your first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping. And be sure to let them know that the Flophouse sent you after you check out. That's kittypooclub.com. Uh, Elliot, hey, you're in town. Do you have anything to plug? 
because of being in town or yeah, just in general? Is this some sort of press tour you're on? Or Not exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, a press yeah. tour. I'm only appearing on the, my own podcast. <laughs> okay. uh, sure, I'll, I'll mention. I think I've mentioned before. I have a new podcast on iHeartRadio that's mm. just for kids. That's JFK, just for kids. Uh, that's what JFK Airport what is. What happens if – Just uh, for kids airport. What if an adult like me shows up wearing a mustache or something? Well, don't wear a mustache. Yeah, that, that makes you look suspicious. like more but of a grown-up. But that's a disguise. Up. I mean, but disguised <laughs> as a grown-up. I mean, at least show up with like a backwards baseball cap and overalls. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of jealous that like oh, the, that like these like these like twenty year old zoomers can pull off like little mustaches. Uh, like I wish I could go back in time and have a little mustache. Yes. <laughs> you have a little you mustache. could have a mustache. What, what I'll tell you. I'll tell you a piece of advice that I got. From and like fact. and like a curly mullet. Could I have a curly mullet? Yeah, I I'll, this do whatever piece, you want. And like a single dangling earring. Yes. Whatever you want. I'll, here's the piece of advice that a fashion person gave to me: If you act like you can pull it off, you can pull it off. Oh, yeah. that's that's good to know. Be the change you want to be in your appearance. Anyway, I have a new podcast it's called <laughs> The Who Was Podcast. It's a quiz show about history for kids. It's on iHeartMedia, but you can get it wherever on wherever podcast apps are. So that's The Who Was Podcast, and it's a fun podcast for kids about historical figures. And also, what's this all about? Maniac of New York? Sure, that's still in comic book stores. Maniac hey. of New York. I think The Collected Volume 2 comes out in July. Yay! Hooray! And I own some bars. Go to them. Hinterlands Bar and Minis Bar, yippee. I'm sure I do something. Hey. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Let's <laughs> <laughs> move bow, along. Bow, 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 bow. In his Dude. own house, I said that. Wow. Mm. Dogging him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, letters is a thing that we get from you listeners who are listening, and now we will read them. I will read them. Okay. Some of them. Well, all well of them. Stuart and Elliot stare at you uncomfortably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is the letter sec- section mm-hmm. segment. Hey. This is the letters oh, wow. section. Hey, letters I... are the things that we get. What are some other things that we get? Well, we get older, that's for sure. <laughs> and we get oxygen into our blood when we breathe. That's another thing that we get. If we're outside in the sun too long, we get discoloration. Again, we're older. That's something we get. Yep. When we go to the store, we get groceries. True. If it's a grocery store, oh, sir, this is a Best Buy, we're not getting groceries there. What are some other things that we get? Well, we get wet when we jump in the pool. When we're in the shade, we get real cool. Those are things we get. Things we get. If we shave a sheep, we get wool. Which doesn't quite rhyme with pool, but I tried. Something I tried. Something I got. And now we're getting letters from you and you. We're getting letters from you. If you sent us a letter, if you didn't send us a letter, then we're not going to get a letter from you. That's something we're not going to get. Not yet. Send us that letter. Better yet. I rhymed yet with yet. You bet. We got some letters because that's something we get. Cha-na-na-na. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Um, <laughs> hey, Flopperinos. This, this, one, this one's from Monty, last name withheld. <laughs> Monty Hellman, director of Tulane Blacktop. Since Stuart is an amazing dungeon master, Aww. and the other two Aww. of you know how to play games now, thanks to him. <laughs> thanks to him? Yeah, sure. I I, he taught us everything we know. Yep. I thought I'd ask, what movies would make the best premise for an adventure? Thanks, Monty, last name withheld. What movies? Ooh, yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a tough one. Like, I feel like a lot of times when we're reviewing movies, I'm like, this would have made a good. Uh, this would have made a good RPG adventure. Uh, I don't know if the King's Daughter would have made a pretty good. I don't know. It's such a localized, specific incident, and like our hero, we don't have a party. Like, 
No, they do have a party. They go to a big ball. Oh, that's true, but that's not what I mean. Oh, right. The uh, other version of party. <laughs> the, I will say, uh, though this doesn't directly answer the question, the number one best example of a RPG adventure on screen is still Conan the Destroyer. That's the best mm. D&D movie mm. that isn't a D&D movie. Uh, well, what about you guys? Well, I was trying to think, like, what... I mean... <sighs> Honestly, the most interesting RPGs to me now are the ones that like go off in like weirder directions, like uh-huh. are less tied to what's traditionally thought of as like RPG stuff. Give me an like, example. Well, when Stuart made us all play cartoon dogs. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if if there was something like creative where we all like got to be like the Marx Brothers uh, uh, ruining a party. Oh, okay. that, that does sound fun, yeah. A role-playing game. Like that. that's like the new wave That's of the kind of stuff. party I was talking about. Yeah. Not yeah, the yeah, yeah, so yeah, the party yeah. would be the Marx Brothers, but they, they go to a party. But in, t- in terms of like things that are like sort of already ready-made for that sort of thing, I was thinking about something like Buckaroo Banzai, which is already sort of set up to be in that tradition where it's like, you're already part of a party that is uh, like uh, scientists and a rock band, and you travel the world. Like Buckaroo Banzai is more successful as a world building module exactly. than it is as a movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was thinking. So I think those are all really good answers. Uh, I think that I was thinking instead of an RPG, if it was kind of like kind of pandemic style timed board game of taking a Pelham one, two, three, mm-hmm. the hot, the, the, and you've got like the train on the board and you've got the dispatch center and you've also got the car that has to get the money over to where the, to the train station. And it's all, you got to coordinate those elements. You got to get there, there on time or else they start killing hostages. Oh man, you got some like classic Euro resource management in there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, maybe some kind of a, and like an action bartering system, an auctioning system. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And the turns are timed because you got to, you got to keep talking to, yeah, the, just to the, the hostage. Game, to take- or, just, or just someone, are there also people playing the kidnappers? That's a good question. I feel like the kidnappers would make an excellent, uh, that would be like a bot element. That yeah. would be like the game against you. So yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like a cooperative Cooperative makes the most sense unless you can see victory conditions applying to the different uh, players because each player is playing a different, uh, what, city agency? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you have someone in – so here you would have – you'd have Victor Garber, transit cop, who's doing the negotiating. You'd have the Tony Roberts character who is the the mayor's aide, the deputy mayor. Mm -hmm. You'd have someone playing maybe the cop who's on the tracks, who's uh, the police officer who is like uh, in the middle of the – the, the crossfire, uh-huh. and, you know, and maybe there's different victory conditions for each, but ultimately I think you'd be cooperative to to stop the hostages, yeah. to stop the hostage takers. Yeah. The hostages, you don't want to stop. Let them go. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. want them to escape. Oh, wow, that's, oh, a, big, or, that's a big stand. You know what? And someone is playing as the undercover cop on board the train, and in mm. the movie that person does very little. Yeah, but yeah. In the, they, they do very poorly in the game. <laughs> yeah, but in the game, maybe they have a chance to shine, you know. Yeah. Great answers all. Now, the next, the next letter goes like this. <laughs> You seem, me. you seem mad. Are you okay, Dan? <laughs> okay. I was mad at the burp that was coming out of me at the moment. <laughs> Get back in my throat, burp. <laughs> in the last 40 seconds of episode 123, hey, another taking poem 123. Oh, wow. It's the, it's the secret thing that runs the world. <laughs> in the last 40 episodes of episode 123, Stuart seems to be in the middle of describing a wrestler named, <laughs> a wrestler <laughs> named Dr. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> who his thing is he always got his nuts out 
And after an extensive Google this image search. This is a search, dumb show. After an extensive <laughs> stole that joke from someone. Google image search and some psychosexual confusion. I find this character does not seem to exist on Earth. Any follow-up would be <laughs> much. <laughs> Maybe in the Galactic Wrestling Federation. <laughs> Any follow-up. Thank you for opening the door to that possibility. Any follow-up would be much appreciated. XOXO, John Hamm from Mad Men, last name with help. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's a big star writing in, but that yeah. makes sense. That tracks with his interests. Uh, so, <laughs> Not yeah, I mean, underwear. I feel like that was an inside joke with some friends of mine, where we're we're all inventing wrestlers that we would like to have in our uh, in our wrestling federation, and oh. Doctor Nuts was one of them. Um, <laughs> I probably could remember some others, but you know what, guys, I drink a lot, and my memory's bad. Mm. That was before you became healthy, Stu. Mm-hmm. No, I still drink. <laughs> <laughs> my memory's still bad. Uh, hey, let's uh, move on to recommendations of movies that we saw, that we enjoyed, that why not? We might. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just let's, let's just let's, let's go give crazy. It a whirl. Yeah, let's go. Crazy. You know let's what? I'm gonna. I'm looking back on my diary. I, <laughs> Your diary? Well, my movie diary. Oh, oh. on uh, <laughs> Dear Diary, I'm seeing Elliot and Stewart today. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about movies. This is my diary where I only talk about things that haven't happened yet. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched a lot of movies lately because uh, Audrey had COVID for a while, and so we were quarantining on opposite sides of the apartment. And I was, uh, you're just going through the Cinemax late night offerings, going through, yeah, <laughs> all of those uh, Showtime as well. Uh, no, um, <laughs> the Showtime ones I always found were not. I mean, not that I've looked at any of them in years, mm-hmm. but uh, the Showtime ones I always found were not quite at the same level of of uh, sleaze. <laughs> Yeah, as the cinematic with the Showtime ones, it, it was like your nose up on those. The yeah. Showtime ones, it was like we're making a TV show that has some nudity in it, but we're still pretending we're making a TV show. Whereas Cinemax was like, we know what you're here huh. for. Yeah. Well, they have Boner Police Four, but it's only pan and scan. <laughs> <laughs> Not as the director intended. Um, you know what? I'm going to recommend a movie though that I saw a ways back at a actually at a, a weird Wednesday. Wait, so why were you Tuesday. telling us the story about I don't watching know. movies on the other end of the apartment? Well, I mean, the point <laughs> it's was not relevant at all. No, it's not really relevant. He's I'm establishing a connection. With I'm the establishing that I went through. <laughs> I watched a lot of movies, but nothing like really <clears throat> like stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. But um, you're showing us your work, okay? But the movie that did stick out to me is a movie that I can't. I cannot sell to you as a good movie per se, but it is an interesting movie, a movie that has its own weird corner of film history in that it was the first shot on video horror movie that was released theatrically. It was a it was a direct video movie and then they blew it up to 35 millimeter, which made wow. it look Terrible, very probably. strange. Um it's called Boarding House. Uh it is a a weird movie <laughs> about a guy who who uh, th- there was a there were a lot of incidents in this house. This house had some sort of paranormal uh, energies, like they did like telekinesis experiments in it. But also, like it just seems like maybe there's like supernatural shit. I don't know. That is supernatural shit. Yeah. Well, but like you're like there might be ghosts in the house, but there also might be supernatural. Well, stuff. I mean, telekinesis is like pseudoscience stuff, whereas like okay, well anyway, it's not. No, no, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah dubious. I'm saying that it's not ghosts, but then later on it seems like maybe it's also ghosts. It's oh, like one of these like movies where, you know, in the in the tradition of like Hausu or Poltergeist, <laughs> yeah. where like there's not necessarily a clear um, 
through line through all of the yeah. scary stuff that happens. It's just like, I don't know, what are some scary images? We'll throw those in this house. Yeah. Yeah. You know? To put it in layman's terms, you can't tell if it's actual supernatural stuff or if just Los Spookies are on the case. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, but it's funny, this guy starts this boarding house and he like puts an ad in the paper saying like, looking for young women for my boarding house. Oh, apparently that works? Is, is not a red flag because a bunch of hot young women show up and there's a lot of like hot tubbing in this movie. But also- Wanted, women lodgers for my boarding house must be young slash topless. Yeah, but also there's like telekinesis going on like- this is the main, the makers of this movie, like, were they did uh, transcendental me- meditation. Like, that was oh, so like, David Lynch made it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this movie postulates that if you just meditate hard enough, you can get telekinesis. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Anyway, like, so I should make, so all of this should make it clear not a traditionally good movie, but a very fascinating, weird one. Like, it feels like a, a half-remembered dream of falling asleep mm. to, uh, you know, late-night uh, cable programming. It's <laughs> uh, a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Uh, boarding house. Like, it's not for everyone, but if you like the kind of thing that I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> this will interest you. I'm going to recommend a uh, Korean action movie from 2017 called The Outlaws. Uh, It's based on uh, some real events about uh, a gang war that took place in Seoul between Chinese-Korean gangs. Um, There's some really great uh, inspired action scenes. There's some fun performances, and it's also the whole movie is anchored on its star. That's right, the massive Ma Dong Seok, uh, who performs also under the name Don Lee. Uh, He is the beefiest dude. Oh, body goals. What a monster. He's great. I believe they actually, uh, you know, this guy. Um, is he the, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's the, uh, in his character is referred to as, uh, his character is referred to as the beast cop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, from train to Busan. He's also in the Eternals, Mm -hmm. uh, as Gilgamesh, you know, everyone's favorite character, every, everyone's (laughs) Everyone's favorite favorite MCU character, Gilgamesh, Uh, but he's just such a beefy dude and he's great. And what you should do to brighten your day, just Google Ma Dong Seuk kitten and you will be uh covered in a deluge of pictures of him cradling the tiniest little kittens in his beefy hands (laughs) it's amazing uh so that's why i'm recommending the outlaws and i think there's a sequel the roundup Uh, i'm gonna recommend a movie from 1931 because i'm me this is a movie starring barbara stanwyck and uh clark gable and joan blondell and directed by william wellman it's called night nurse that's right it's uh one of the more uh I Sounds guess risque. It is. One of the more notorious pre-code movies uh, from the 30s. And I thought I had seen it, and it turns out I hadn't. And I watched it, and it's super fun. It's a really fun movie. Barbara Stanwyck's a young woman. She becomes a nurse. Uh, she, is, she and Joan Blondell are roommates who are frequently just wearing skirt slips and bras. And uh, they she and she gets a job as uh, the night nurse for some rich children who it seems are possibly being uh, allowed to wither away and die by their uh, – by the people in charge of them because they are heirs to a to a lot of money. But anyway, uh, it's really fun. It's super fast and snappy. It's less than 80 minutes long. And there's a couple of scenes in it that are really funny. Uh, there's a couple of scenes that are just fun. The characters are always yelling at each other. And, um, and you get to see Barbara Sandwick in her underwear. So 
It's yeah, super fun. Everybody wins, I guess. It's it, it's and uh and there's a cut and <laughs> it's it's one of the it's one of these movies. So William Wellman was a director who was like really great at doing kind of like snappy action and snappy uh like um you know thrills and suspense and all sorts of things and this is very much in keeping with that. So that's Night Nurse. If I you s- like old movies that are kind of fun, it's well worth seeing. I spaced out on. Uh, Elliot perving out on Barbara Stanwyck because I was looking at this picture he's of perving out on Ma Dong-seok <laughs> holding kittens. His his look at his arm is so huge. Yeah, he's such, <laughs> he's a, a, a big he, arm and a little cat. Yeah, that's why he plays the beast cop. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, what a pleasure to all be in the same room, guys. Yeah, yeah baby, nice. feel the energy, mm-hmm. hear the noise, <laughs> mm-hmm. bring into noise, bring into funk, bring into kittens. <laughs> Unfortunately, we only have enough room for denoise. We don't, okay. we don't have yeah. enough. We can't bring in defunk right now until I we mean, take denoise out. I feel like we've made reference to bring in denoise, bring in defunk more times. Than, really? I don't know. Maybe I mean, more times than zero. Yeah. Um, well, I, I always just think of like, do you remember Charles Holman from uh, Earlham? Yes. The he was he was our uh, he was our theater professor, and uh, he was this like. Big shambling, like sixty-year-old gay black man who like had like he, like he was just like gravel voice and like loved all the kids like yeah. like and he was like I was he was he was he would just like read the newspaper to himself in the arts office where I was working as a like work study student and he was like bring in the noise, bring in the funk. <laughs> and he'd like turn to me like, I'd like to see you and bring in the noise, bring in the funk. And I was like, I would too. I was like, I don't think I, I can't, I don't have either of those things. I'll bring, I'll bring in the snacks. He's like, oh, you bring it in the snacks. Okay. <laughs> he was such a, he was a great, he was a great professor. I wonder he, if he was trying to challenge you and be like, I'll show you. I will be in bring in the noise, bring in the funk. Yeah. But then you only get into stomp and he's like, not the same thing. <laughs> no captain, my captain. <sighs> oh, Captain, my noise and fun. Um, so this is where we're going to sign off. Do we want to oh, thank anyone? Sign off. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should thank um, the Academy, of course. Yeah, and of course. All of our agents. Yeah. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us. Uh, they run the network that we are on. Maximumfun.org is the website where you can go and look at other podcasts on our network. Um, if you go to flophousepodcast.com, you can find our official site, which has links to merch and all of our socials and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, poke around, take a look. Uh, Alex Smith is mm-hmm. our producer. If you want to find him on the internet, he is at Howl Dotty on Twitter. Uh, it's like H O W E L L D A E. W D Y. Yep, you did it. Um, but uh, that's it, I think. Uh, thank you for listening. For the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Elliot Kalen in New York City, of all places. Ooh, oh, in like the New Muppets. York. That is where Elliot is now. Soon he will go home. Keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> but now he's in New York. Concrete jungle where Elliot is <laughs> so until this afternoon when he goes to New Jersey. No, it's not a Muppets type <laughs> song. Okay. No. Bye, everyone. Bye. <sighs> You're going to like the way 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, men's warehouse. I guarantee it. That's men's, <laughs> men's sleepy warehouse. Yeah, sleepy sure. men's warehouse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> You're going to like the way you look in our pajamas. So you go, oh, ah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little yeah, bit of a Nicolas Cage bit, too. <laughs> We're all alive the way you look. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. All right, let's do it. Let's start. Let's do it. Let's yeah, why not? Do the thing. Okay. Sure. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.